Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15. And I love this, these first two words of this verse. I love it. By him, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts. Strengthen us, help us be what we need to be, Father, and we'll go out and spread the word of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world, Father. We'll praise you and glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may, I, I, I know there are people that will debate with you on who wrote the book of Hebrews. Everybody has their thoughts. Everybody has their opinions. But just let me just say this. It, it was God who wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, I don't know who he used to pen it, but God inspired the entire book uh, uh, of the Bibles, and, and God wrote these. So we don't, and we're just glad that it's not men's words, but it's God's words towards to, to man. It's, 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 it's God telling man about himself. That's what he's telling us. He's revealing himself in all, every scripture. All scripture is given under inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction, for instructions and in righteousness. And God has given his word. So we, we know this is God's word. And the book of Hebrews is written to the God's people. In every chapter of Hebrews, the writer is trying to tell those people who were stuck in the Old Testament ways uh, and they're still doing the old way thing. He was revealing to them that there was one way to God and one way only, and that was through Jesus Christ, His Son. It's by the blood of the shed of the Lamb. And by only through Jesus Christ can you make it there. So we read this scripture, it begins with the two words I said, I love by Him. And I realize that all good things that I have in my life is by Him. The only reason that we have a right to be in the house and worship is by Him. Uh, the only reason that I'm not a drunkard tonight is by Him. I, I'm thankful that I have a place to worship His holy name. I'm glad I have a, a, a Bible that tells me who He is. All that I have tonight is by Him. So the writer is saying is, it, it, it is by Him. We have all that we have. This world has create, was created by Him. And you look back in your life and you say, the devil has tried to take me out. The devil has tried to get me to go away. And I, and I shouldn't be here tonight because the devil had a hold on me. I should be dead tonight because the devil had a real good hold on me. But if you go back in your mind, you can see where God plucked you out. What God brought you through. It was not by your power, but it was by the power of Jesus Christ. It was by Him. Right, it's trying to get us to understand that all we have is by Him. And because of Him, He begins to say things like, He doesn't mean just the writer of the book, just to the disciples or just to Him, not just to the preachers. But when He said, let us, He is writing to all the people of God's people. He's saying, let us do uh, uh, something together for the glory of God. Let us come together and worship God. You, can live it, you can't just leave it up to the preacher to preach the word. You can't just leave it up to singers to sing and worship. The he said, let us come together and praise God and worship God. 
Too many times we sit around and wait for somebody else to do something else to get us excited to move us. But let me tell you what, you need to come to the house of God already excited because you're coming to the house of God. You're going to meet with God. This is the place where we meet with God. I'm not going to let somebody do my worshiping. Amen? If God puts a song in my heart, and He does all the time, but I don't sing them here because I know it'll hurt your ears. But God puts songs in our heart, and I sing them all the time everywhere I go. But I'm so glad that I come to worship in the house of God. I'm so glad that I came and praised God in the house of God with God's people. I decided if anybody's going to worship God, it's going to be God's people. And I want to be there with them. Then he said, let us offer the sacrifice of praises to God continually. Why does he say sacrifice, praise, and sacrifice? It don't seem like those two words ought to go together, sacrifice and praise. It don't seem like they fit together. You're not praising for a lot of things, bad things that's happened in your life. You're not praising Him because you've come through some trials. You're not praising Him because you, you things are... Uh, usually we praise God because we got enough money in a bank account. Uh, we got enough food on the table. We got clothes on the back. That's when we praise God. But He says, let's praise God and sacrifice continually. He wants us to understand that all we are is by Him. Can I say praising God is going to cost you something? It's going to cost you something. You know, I love to praise God when good things happen, but I've learned that even when the bad things happen in my life and I get through them, I learn to praise God too. And sometimes He lets me put... uh, it, this way, it's going to cost you something to live for God. Sometimes it's going to be a sacrifice for you just to come to church. We talk about it, say, hey, the devil's trying to keep me out of church. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to have to sacrifice just to come to church. Sometimes you're not going to feel like worshiping. Sometimes you're not going to feel like reading the Word of God. Sometimes you're not going to feel like praying, but you're going to have to sacrifice yourself in order to do what God needs you to do. Let us offer the praise, sacrifice of our praise of God continually. Because in spite of my feelings, I know this is where I need to be at. I know that I need to be praying. I know I need to be reading the Bible. I need to get closer to God. But sometimes it's a sacrifice just to live for God. Just to live for God. I mean, would you agree with me? Even though sometimes it's a sacrifice, it is worth it. It is worth it. If he thought that I was, uh, if he, he thought enough about me for dying for me, who am I not to worship him? If he is worthy of praising tonight, let us offer sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the, the fruit of our lips, the Bible says. Giving thanks to, to his name. A lot of people are, are complaining today. They whine today. This and that. They're talking about things that have no worth and things that don't mean anything continuously. Continuously. 
We're not here to talk about those things. We're here to talk about the praise of God. We've come to lift Him up and give Him the glory. If God did not deliver you, if God showed up and helped me, then I wouldn't have been here tonight. God brought me through. I want you to know that all that I am is by him. It's not by me. There are certain things the writer points out in this chapter here that let us know that we, can, we can't run to the nearest store and buy. You can't order it online. You can't get it Amazon. There's some things he points out in this chapter here that only by him you can get. Only by him that you can have. Well, well, to just praise God tonight was something that we ought to look back and say, if it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be this. I wouldn't be that. If it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for God, I'd be laying in the streets. Well, to just stand and just praise God and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done, where you brought me from, and where you've taken me to. Well, to just praise God because it's by Him that you are who you are. And the writer points out some things, and there are three things in this chapter here I want to give you to let you know that you can only get them by Him. He's the only one who can give you these. I can't give them to you. You can't get them at the store. It's only by God that you can get these things. Amen? He said, uh, there's, a, there's a remedy for sin. God made a way out for our sins. He gave me everything that I needed. Listen, too many of people are consumed by sin. They wallow in it. Too many of the people are living in the ill repute of sin. And some people today, we are living in the consequences of sin. Can I tell you that we, as God's people, ought to praise His name, that we ought to, don't have to live through the consequences of sin through the wrath of God tonight. Because we have a cure for sin. There is a cure for sin. We have everything that we need. You don't have to be a sinner. You don't have to be a, uh, uh, have to sit and live in the bad memories of your life and things you've done that the devil keeps reminding you on your ear and telling you have to live in sin. Jesus Christ made a way out for you and I. He knows what your sin is. He knows what you do with a messed up mind. He knows what to do with a broken heart. He has the remedy. Everybody that met Jesus that had a problem, everyone that ever came to Jesus that had something wrong with them, hey, Jesus met their need. A woman with the issue of blood, for 12 years she done spent everything she had, everywhere she went, they could not help her, they couldn't do anything. They raised their hands and said, we cannot help you. Uh, but she looked out and, and she fought, found Jesus and she just reached out and just touched the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched him, everything became clear to her. Everything healed in her. He met the need that she had at that moment. Every time they bring a wilted hand to somebody, uh, from somebody, Jesus healed their hand. He touched them. He met their need. Uh, they brought in the lame people to him, and Jesus met their need that they carried their own beds out there. Jesus met the need of everybody that had a problem. And can I say he can meet your need tonight no matter what your problem may be? 
He's still God. He's still on the throne. Uh, if you've got some problems in your life, you've got some issues in your life, God still can meet those needs tonight. Amen. Amen. There's not a problem that he can't fix. He has a remedy for everything that's going on in your life tonight. Verse 12 says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. He took his own blood and became the remedy for all sins tonight. He didn't have to go to bulls or goats like the priests had to do in the Old Testament just to make a sacrifice. And every time they did, the altar kept crying out, not satisfied, not satisfied. And every year they had to come back and make the sacrifice again. The altar kept crying out, not satisfied, not satisfied. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took the blood and went into the Holy of Holies. He put his blood on the altar there. And then the altar said, satisfied, satisfied. You never need to have to offer another blood offering. It has been satisfied. He took his own blood. He is the remedy for sin tonight. I, I, I don't, some of y'all may have some of these grandmothers like I have, them old-timey grandmothers from the hills. I can remember one time we were out playing the army. We are running down through the fields. and I, I went barefoot all my life just about. And I went down running through that field, and I tripped, and I fell, and I cut my leg. I go hobbling in, my grandma, I'm wounded, I'm wounded. Blood running down my leg and everything. She said, raise your leg, setting up and everything. So I got to hurry up and get back out. She says, I got to fix you up. And she go in that old medicine cabinet, and I hear that old metal medicine cabinet going, rrr, rrr. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. She come back in with this bottle that was red. I know it was hot because it done burnt the label on the outside of it. It couldn't handle it and everything. And I'm looking at that, and she's going, it's going to be all right. Instead of putting a little dab on there, she just pulled it on there. I got an open wound. I'm crying. Blow it, Granny. Blow it, Granny. It burns. Shut up. That means it's working good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I tell you, I know somebody else has got something that's red. <laughs> somebody else has got something red, no matter what's going on, all he has to do is pour it on you. It'll cleanse everything. It'll purify you from the inside to the outside. I'm telling you, it, it, them old-time cures that they, they had, I don't know about you, but my granny used to keep a little bottle in the refrigerator. And any time you say you were sick, You wouldn't sick. That stuff, it's castor oil. It, 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 you know, it's not for the engines, but if you take a spoonful, it'll start your engine. It, it gets you going. It gets you going. So I learned real quick I couldn't fake being sick. I had to wait for them to call the doctor to see if I was really sick because I didn't want a spoon of that stuff. But it's old-time remedies that'll, that used to help out. But God is still, he's, he says, I've got something blood I can wash you with. And it's going to wash all that impurities out of you. It's going to clean you. It's going to satisfy everything about you. There's something about the blood of Jesus tonight. He, he is the remedy for our things. I, I'm not ashamed about the blood of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. Because it still purifies everything that's wrong in my life. 
It starts on the inside and works its way on to the outside. It's the remedy for sin. You can say, well, I don't, you don't know what I said last week. It's still the remedy. You don't know what I did last week. It's still the remedy. You know what? I don't know what, don't, don't care what you've done last week, but God is still the remedy for everything that's gone wrong in your life. It, it, it wipes away every stain. I can remember when I went back out and my uncle's there because they're only a couple years older than me. I went out and they said, oh, you got the red stuff. I said, what are you talking about? It will stain your skin. You couldn't wash that off. I think it was on there for a year. It was like you couldn't wash this stuff off. Can I say the same with the red stuff of Jesus Christ? You cannot wash it off. It don't get wore off. It's still there. It stays there. Amen. He is the remedy for sin in our life. And that's what the Hebrews writers telling you. Hey, the only way that you're going to get to heaven is not by your goodness. It's not by the blood of lambs and goats. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is the remedy for sin then. He is still the remedy for sin. Amen. He says we have this reliability of the scriptures in verse 22. And I beseech you, brethren... Suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in a few words. He said, suffer the word of exhortation. That's an interesting term there. Suffer the word. When you hear the word suffer, we, we think of the term of agony and, and, and frustration. We, we don't think that it's something that's good. Something that uh, uh, hurts and things. But that's not what it means here. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus saying, and they, they had gotten among themselves, and, uh, and they were talking about who's the greatest? So they go up to Jesus and says, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And they, they were talking about it, and I'm quite sure Peter probably stood up and said, I know it's me. I walked on water. And I'm quite sure John reached over and said, yeah, but I didn't sink in the water like you did. They were arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom. And then Jesus said, called a little child to come in and sit among the midst of them. He says, except you become as one of these, you cannot get into the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying? You mean I got to go back to a child? He says, no, you got to humble yourself like a child. And then he, in, in, I think in verse 9, chapter 19 of Matthew, he says, and he says, suffer not the little children to come unto me. He says, don't stop them. He says, don't stop, don't, don't stop the little kids. Let the people come to me. Too many times we think we have arrived, we have achieved what God wants us to have in our life. You know, we don't even come close. Because you can't even get to the kingdom of God unless you have the mindset of a little child. Thinking you're the best and humbling yourself, no, you never get there. You've got to humble yourselves in complete dependence upon God, giving everything to God. We have the reliability of the Scriptures. We don't have to agonize over it. It is a term that we have missed in our language. It doesn't mean to, uh, whatever it takes. It, it just say whatever it takes to get the job done. You've heard that term. Whatever it takes, get it done. That's what we need to do. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get you to church, uh, whatever it takes to you to open your Bible, whatever it takes you to pray, uh, whatever it takes you to get witness, uh, whatever it's going to take, uh, you need to start doing it. In other words, he's saying you ought to put the Word of God prioritized number one in your life. 
It needs to be the first thing and the last thing that you think about each and every day. It needs to be number one. When you start taking the Word of God and sliding it down to number one, number two, number three, number four, you're putting things above God. God says the Word of God needs to be number one in your life. You get out of bed, start with the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Suffer the word of exhortation. It doesn't mean suffer through the preaching. I want you to hurry up and shut up and sit down. It literally means it takes precedence over everything in your life. Drop your hands, whatever's in your hands, whatever you're doing, drop it and let the word of God become precedence in your life. It needs to be number one in your life. And can I say this? Let me say this. I'm not a good preacher. I am nowhere near caliber of anyone I know. But if you pay attention to what the Word of God is being preached, God is going to give you something out of it. God will point some things out to you. And I know that He has done that to me. That's why I love preaching. That's why I like to sit under preaching. It's the power of God's word in your life that changes and transforms everything in you. And we need that. We need the scriptures. I, I think sometimes we just get caught up in reading the scriptures instead of really living the scriptures. Boy, that's, that's some weak amens there. I, I think we sometimes we get caught up in just reading the scriptures instead of living the scriptures. It's still weak. I think y'all just read and you don't live it. Amen. 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 That's what we do. We say, well, I read my Bible today. Yeah, but are you living your Bible, what the Bible said? Are you living the Word, what you just read? I mean, I'm telling you, when you go down to your workplace, when you get in the workplace, people ought to see there's something different about you because you're living what you've read. I'm taking the Word of God. I apply it in my life. And everybody can see that I am living the Word of God. If you just read the Word of God and go to your job site and start telling dirty jokes you're not a Christian and we have them I, it, it burns me up I've told you over and over there it burns me up when I hear a woman say I'm a Christian and then cuss me out like a sailor it burns me up and I've had them do that I've worked with them and they knew who I was but it didn't stop them you ought to live what you read for God so loved the world. Mm. He so loved the world. I, 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 what you really need to do when you read that scripture, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to who shall believe it's not perish but have everlasting life. What you ought to do is put your name in that place. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that if I believe I will not perish you start putting it that way you start putting your name there you start putting that place right there you'll start living the scriptures in your life because I'm applying the word of God in my life I want everybody to see the word of God in my life we read it but we're not living it by him 
we've got something we can't get anywhere else by him by him the return of the savior look at verse 14 for here we have no continuing city it means saying every city that you have in this world today is not a continuing city it will sooner or later go away it's not going to be a continuing city by him we have a continuing city but we but those that are saved those that are living the life seek one to come Seek one to come. That means the world here is, and you live in and work in is not going to be a continuously city. It's going to be destroyed one day. Fire is going to rain down from this earth. Earth is going to be consumed with fire. And guess what? I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Amen. Caught up. Now I think people say there's no such word as rapture. But if you look at word caught up it's the same thing as rapture. We're going to be raptured out of here. Amen. And meet him in the clouds. Meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. These cities in this world is going to be destroyed. This earth is going to be destroyed. There's only one way off this planet. And that's through Jesus Christ. That is through Jesus Christ. I have a home on the other side I'm looking forward to. We have the promise that he's on his way back. Are you living like he's coming back? Do you live your life that he, this could be the last day on this earth? The sky can split and he could step out. Are you living your life like this is the last day that we'll be here? There are too many that's not ready for him to come back. Not looking for him to come back because they got too many things they need to do before they decide they want to live for God. Too many people have their tent pegs drove too deep into this world that they can't pull them out and start looking for that world. I don't know about you, but by him, I have everything that I need. By him, I am who I am. By him, I am saved. By him, I have the grace. By him, I have the blood. By him, I have a new home. By him, I'll be transported out of this world. By him tonight. Amen. Think about that. You give that a thought a little bit. Live your life according to what God says. Live your life like he's coming back tonight. And we might just change the way we start.